you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and a specialist, cast of dozens that help us put on this show each and every day, each and every week. And here we are. We have made it to the playoffs. So congratulations to you all if you are still out there playing and condolences uh, if you didn't make it this far. Though we thank you for uh, still tuning in and hanging out with us uh, if you made it this far. So uh, you know, all we got to do is help people win championships. No pressure though, right? None at all. And if, if you guys win, you guys get the credit. And if you lose, you blame us. You that's, blame us. That's how it works. There is, there is no risk involved for you out there, right? You can get all the glory. You can lay off all the blame. This is everything you want it to be. So uh, here we are trying to help you out. And to do that, we will have our Week 15 game previews. We'll do some heroes, some villains, some sleepers. And we'll have three big questions for the fantasy playoffs. But let's get started with some fantasy headlines. And a big piece of unfortunate news, although we sort of anticipated this, Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. He will miss the remainder of the season. That is reported by our own Ian Rappaport. So... What does this mean for the Cardinals' offense? Colt, uh, Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year. How does this impact all the guys around him? I think it has a huge impact. I, I think we'll get more James Conner than we were getting. Uh, like, I mean, just last week alone, he had six targets. Like, he doesn't get that many. Usually he's around 2-3 a game with Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think more dump-offs for him. DeAndre Hopkins earlier this year in the two games that Colt McCoy started – he was putting up big fantasy numbers. He was averaging like 13 targets per game. I think he'll be okay. I think Marquise Brown stays in the mix just because there's too much upside to, to completely say like drop him or anything like that. But he is not a must start. I think there's secondary options like Moore, Trey McBride. Those guys, you can get rid of them. I, I don't think Colt McCoy can sustain that many options. I think the floor when you talk about Hopkins and Brown and Connor remains fairly stable, but the ceiling definitely comes down for them with no Kyler Murray there. And you're right. I, I don't want any part of Rondale Moore whenever he's back or you know Trey McBride or anything like that. Also, it's got to be frustrating for the Cardinals because never at any point this season did they have their full offense intact. Either they were missing Hopkins, they were missing Brown, they, you know, Ertz went out with an injury. Now Kyler is out. So never at any point this season did we see this offense with its full capabilities. So we're going to have to wait at least until next year. Now we're not starting Colt McCoy. I mean, are we? I, I Not not this okay. week against the Broncos. But are there other guys out there, if you lost Kyler Murray and you're in the playoffs, any other options out there that, that folks should maybe look at? In one of my leagues, I, I have Kyler Murray as my starting quarterback and the best it's a two quarterback league so it's a little bit different but the best option was Matt Ryan who gets the Vikings this week and I, I think he's a fine pivot um Trevor Lawrence isn't out there really much anymore but hopefully if you know maybe you picked him up when Kyler got hurt earlier this year and you, you kept riding with him o outside of like Matt Ryan I mean Mike White is a streamer I like Brock Purdy I think is a potential streaming option and if all else fails then I guess you go to Colt McCoy 
That's, yeah, I think Colt McCoy is sort of the last on the list, kind of the break glass in case of emergency guy. I like Matt Ryan this week. I like Purdy generally. I like Mike White. He's got a really good playoff schedule, so he's one you might consider if he's available uh, out there in your leagues. Another quarterback who's probably out there in your leagues is Desmond Ritter. He's set to start for the Falcons this week against the New Orleans Saints, replacing Marcus Mariota. Uh, same question one are you starting are you bold enough to start Desmond Ritter but more importantly what does this mean for the pass catchers specifically Drake London I'm not bold enough to start Desmond Ritter I think if like really only in two quarterbacks or super flex leagues but like he's a fine upside play to pick up and keep on the bench but the Saints defense I know they're not what they used to be but it's still a tough matchup inner division uh, tough first game as for a rookie uh, I, I am not starting Drake London. I, I have him as a sit in my start sit this week. And I basically said, like, he's been playing better, but the floor has still been extremely low. Now this is a rookie's first start. It's, it's a tough matchup. He could have Marshawn Lattimore on him. I, I don't think the floor or ceiling is high enough to start either one of them in a must-win playoff game. Sadly, I, I got to get away from Drake London here. I think this ends up a game where Arthur Smith just runs the football because he wants to run the football anyway, and this just gives him more of a reason to do that when you're bringing a rookie along in his very first start, as you mentioned, in a division matchup where these two teams know each other very well. So I, I would stay away from any Falcons pass catchers in this game and it's just me, you know, throwing more dirt on my sad Drake London preseason predictions. Sigh. I'm there with you. <laughs> so I just had to have a moment of silence for Drake London's fantasy season because I was so excited and optimistic about it. Things we can be excited and optimistic about are our heroes of the week. We'll do the villains. We're not optimistic about them. But at least our heroes, we do have some hope for them. So who is the guy who's going to carry your team to victory this week? I think Drake, uh, I was going to say Drake London. I, I, <laughs> I wish. that's a it, it, Drake London is who I thought this player would be. It's Garrett Wilson. I thought like Drake London would win a lot of people championships this year, but Garrett Wilson legitimately looks like he is on that path. One, he is a great matchup against the Lions, whose secondary has been beat up all year, but especially as of late. And then with Mike White as a starter, like last week in, in bad weather against a, a pretty good Bills defense, he scored 14 fantasy points. That's his low with Mike White so far. So he shows that he brings a very safe floor. He brings a high ceiling. He's getting so many targets, a 30%, uh, 24% target share with Mike White. Uh, he has 40% of the air yards. Like he's just getting so much volume. It's a great matchup. And like you said, Marcus, the playoff schedule, it just like next week he gets the Jags. And then I think he ends with like Seattle. Seattle like, yeah. It's mm -hmm. very favorable. It's incredibly favorable, which is why I like, yeah, I thought Elijah Moore has some deep sleeper value. We talked about Mike White, but Garrett Wilson has been balling out for me. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, we haven't really talked about him in a while. I think we've just sort of decided that, yeah, this season is not what we wanted it to be, but he's still a very good running back, even though the Colts offense has been frustrating this year. This feels like an opportunity for Indianapolis to do some things. We just mentioned Matt Ryan potentially is uh, a streaming option if you need him to be. But on top of it, the Vikings run defense has been awful pretty much all year long. And over the last four weeks, they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to the running back position. This feels like a situation where the Colts can lean on their running back, let him do some work on the ground. Because the last thing they want is this to turn into a track meet. Because I don't think that Matt Ryan uh, and his pass catchers can keep up with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So it may have to be where Jonathan Taylor gets a whole lot of opportunity. And he's got a very good matchup to get something done. In fact, he's got a pretty good playoff schedule. So as, as frustrating as Jonathan Taylor has been, 
this could be a time he sort of picks things up and, and helps you along at the end of the year. Those were the guys who were going to help you. How about the guys who are going to sink you? Who is your fantasy villain this week? This pains me to say, mm. but Travis Etienne. We were so excited for Travis Etienne in the middle yeah. of the season when they traded James Robinson. And for like the month after that, it, it was really coming to fruition. He looked like a potential league winner in the making. Then he got banged up, and he has never been the same since. Since uh, He left week 12 due to injury. Since then, he has scored 10.8 fantasy points, not per game, total. That's in his last two weeks combined. Uh, and then he just hasn't been running very well as of late. Uh, I think it's like 35 rushing yards or fewer in each of his last three games. And then the Cowboys, they have allowed just 18 and a half fantasy points per game. That's the sixth fewest in the NFL. They're tough up front. And it's not like we can in, in count on ETN getting a bunch of targets because that's the one knock on, I would have on the Jags offense is like they're not throwing the ball to him enough, but I guess it, they don't have to when – your receivers and tight ends are putting up the numbers they've been putting up, but I'd get away from ET. I just, yeah, I don't understand why he's not getting more targets, though, because that was one of the big things about him coming out of college, that he catches the football well. That was one of the things that, that we liked about him from a fantasy perspective. My villain of the week is going to be Mike Evans, and he has sort of been a little bit of a villain for a while now. He, he Hasn't had a touchdown in some time. I believe week four was the last time he scored a touchdown this season. He has just three all year long. He's gone five straight games with fewer than 60 receiving yards. And that Bengals secondary has been very tough over the last month or so. And you made the point, Mike, uh, a couple weeks ago, that Monday night game, where they're driving to, to score what was eventually the game-winning touchdown. And Tom Brady wasn't even looking in his direction. So, I mean, we're seeing Chris Godwin get targets. Cade Otten is getting some looks there in the offense. Uh, he almost had a touchdown against the 49ers. It was called back because of a holding. And that was really it for him. He leads the league in, like, should-be long touchdowns that don't <laughs> happen because there was that one the week before he was, like, tackled in the end zone, which would have been one. He had the one where he was wide open and just, like, volleyballed it up there I don't know what's going on with them it's been really really frustrating and you know I know it's kind of scary to maybe get away from Mike Evans but it's really hard to to make a case for him having a big game against this this Cincinnati secondary that'll get us to our Thursday night football game preview as we start to look around the slate for week 15 it's the 49ers and the Seahawks you can see that of course Thursday night 8 15 p.m eastern on prime video you can also stream it on NFL plus should make it out. Kenneth Walker III was back at practice Tuesday as a full participant. He has been dealing with an ankle injury, so it's possible that Walker will be available for this game against that tough 49er run defense. But let's look at the quarterbacks here because Geno Smith has been good all year long. Brock Purdy stepped in, looked very good against Tampa last week. Who scores more points in this game? Is it Geno Smith or is it Brock Purdy? I think it's Geno Smith, but I'm far less confident than I would like to be right now because and it's nothing against Geno and it's nothing really about Brock it's all about the Niners defense like they have just been shutting down quarterbacks running backs it doesn't matter uh weekly like they they shut down Tom Brady and the Bucks so bad that they pulled away from that game and <laughs> and Marcus you know people who were leaving that game early like so that defense has been so good I would try to get away from Geno Smith this week but I think if your other option is like Brock Purdy then I would go with Gino. So when I, I saw this on the rundown, I first put in Purdy, then I looked at it, and I deleted it, and I went Gino, which sort of signifies how I feel about this because I, I don't like the matchup for Gino Smith, but I think 
they're going to have a hard time running the football, so it's going to have to be Geno through the air. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect either quarterback to put up a great number because I think the 49ers are going to run the ball a lot against Seattle this week. It's going to be a heavy Christian McCaffrey game. So I'm not expecting a big number from either of these quarterbacks, but I think Geno's will have, uh, Geno will have the bigger number of the two. Like If your other option was like a Mike White, I'd probably go Mike White. I would as well. I'd probably go Mike White over, over Geno Smith this week. Uh, let's look at some pass catchers on the 49ers side. Who scores more points, Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle, now that there's no Debo Samuel? My thinking was George Kittle because last week Brock Purdy averaged like five air, just over five air yards per throw. So my thinking was like consistent with that short, safe, trust the yak after uh, no Debo now who specializes in that, that George Kittle could kind of, because we know that that's his specialty as well, that maybe they'll draw up some more designed plays for him. But then I saw your answer, and you know this team much better than me, so now I'm a little concerned. Well, I mean, honestly, it's it's a little bit of a speculation. Like, I don't know for sure, but we didn't see a ton out of George Kittle last week. He had four catches, I think 28 yards. It wasn't really a big game for him. And mind you, not that Brandon Ayuk did special things there, but I do wonder whether or not they sort of, you know, keep it, keep it simple, kind of let Kittle do his thing as a blocker more than anything and kind of let Ayuk get out there. But it's going to be, I think, a, a hodgepodge of guys where I think Kittle gets some, Ayuk gets some. We may even see a little Ray Ray McLeod because he ended up getting most of the snaps after Debo got hurt last week. So I don't think there's one simple answer. I do think Ayuk has a better shot just because he's more of a downfield threat, so maybe he doesn't take as many targets. But I don't know uh, that I can say with confidence that it's going to be one guy over the other this week. On the other side, with the Seahawks wide receivers, Tyler Lockett continues to be good. DK Metcalf is DK Metcalf. How confident are you in starting them against the 49ers this week? Uh, I'm not super confident, but that has more to do with the fact that the Niners maybe can make life very difficult on Geno Smith. The one weakness, if there is a weakness in this Niners defense, is the secondary. Like They're just better up front. They're much better against the run than they are at stopping receivers. And DK and Lockett have been so consistent. And that's the thing I don't think Geno has gotten. Like He's getting a lot of credit for how he's playing, but I don't think he's gotten enough credit for the fact that he has kept probably Metcalf and Lockett are more consistent this year, I think you could argue, than any year with Russell Wilson, where it was kind of like there'd be weeks of Lockett or weeks of DK. So I'm starting them everywhere I have them, but my confidence is not as high as it is in a normal week. I feel sort of mid. I'm I'm with you. I feel sort of mid about them this week. Now, I do think there's the possibility for a a big play because the Niners every once in a while – will have a lapse. Maybe there's a blown coverage or something, or somebody just pops a big play. That seems to happen maybe once or twice a game. Uh, It hasn't happened enough to get you off the 49ers defense because they seem to come back and that pass rush gets after it a little bit. So I think there's the potential for at least one big play in this game passing-wise for Seattle, whether that's DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. You can sort of flip a coin and decide who that's going to be. But that gives me a little bit of confidence, but I'm not overall excited about their prospects this week against a defense that has been really, really good, especially in the back half of the season. Check out this juicy nugget dug up by our trusted research team about Zonovan Bam Knight. I actually tweeted something about Zonovan Knight. Or I, said, I think I, I think it was something about Bam Knight. Somebody's like, who is Bam Knight? And someone else jumped in and said, it's Zonovan. I was like, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> the one thing I can tell you about him, though, is that he is the first Jets player in the Super Bowl era 
with 13 or more fantasy points in each of his first three career games. He has gotten off to a very nice start uh, in the wake of the Brees Hall injury, the Michael Carter injuries, and uh, continues to play well. He's got the Detroit Lions this week, which has been a great matchup. So will he score more than 13 fantasy points this week against Detroit? I think so. I I know the Lions have been better against the run as of late. They stopped Dalvin Cook last week, Saquon a couple weeks before that. The rest of the running backs they faced in that span haven't been too great. But Zonovan, Bam, whatever you want. I I like Bam because of the way he runs. He's such a power runner. Like You see every run he has, it's like how did eight Bills touch him and he is still (laughs) running because he's just so hard to bring down. And what I think will... That'll play well this week because the Lions have allowed 3.3 yards after contact per carry this season. That's in the top 12 in the NFL. So I I think Knight can still get it done, even though it's not as easy of a matchup as it was. I think he gets to 13, but I think it's just barely 13. And I think it's a touchdown that helps get him there. I don't know that the yards are necessarily going to be there for him. He's not really catching the football either. They don't really target him a lot in the passing game. But I do think he can get there. But I do think it's worth noting that the Lions defense has been playing a little bit better, at least certainly when it comes to the run defense. They are still giving up some some yards through the air. But the run defense has been a little bit better than it was earlier in the season. But I do think Bam Knight can get you some double digits, maybe just over 13. By the way. Saturday football returns to the NFL on December 17th, and NFL Network is your home for an exclusive triple header. The Colts take on the Vikings at 1 p.m. Eastern, followed by Ravens-Browns at 4 p.m., then a huge divisional showdown in prime time as the Dolphins battle the Bills at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a big-time triple header all day this Saturday, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. So since we are talking about those games, let's talk about those games. Looking at the uh, Saturday games, let's talk about the Colts and the Vikings, as we mentioned, 1 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on NFL Network and on NFL+. And if we're making some start-sit decisions, what's one that people should be thinking about? I think you should be starting Michael Pittman Jr. And I know the last time you saw him, he had his worst game of the season. The Colts were getting embarrassed on national TV by the Cowboys. That was not his fault. But... (laughs) In games with Matt Ryan this year, Pittman is averaging over 14 fantasy points per game with a 23% target share, 25% air yard share. Plus, the Vikings have allowed the second most fantasy points to receivers. Last week, we saw the entire Lions receiver room outside of Amon Ross St. Brown score a touchdown against them. And as much as I agree with you, Marcus, and I think they're going to try to really focus on Jonathan Taylor on the ground. If the Vikings offense does what they're capable of, the Colts will probably be chasing points in the second half, and that tends to lead to a lot of Michael Pittman Jr. volume. I I definitely think he's going to get volume. When the Colts throw the football, he's going to be the first look in a lot of those options right there. Ravens and the Browns. That's the 4 p.m. Eastern time game on Saturday. And uh, Nick Chubb has not been particularly great for the last few weeks. It's been a far cry from what we saw early in the season. In fact, the last two games, a combined 16.4 fantasy points. Maybe the most frustrating one was the game he had against the Houston Texans, where I think he just had eight points in that one. Can't really understand that one. Which Nick Chubb do we see? Do we see the early season Nick Chubb this week against Baltimore? Is it the guy that has been out there lately for the Browns? I'm thinking it's probably going to be the guy who's been out there lately just because it seems to me like the Browns are trying to get the most out of Deshaun Watson that they can right now, asking him to throw the ball a lot more in week the second game than he did in the first game. 
Uh, and also, they're they're sprinkling in more Kareem Hunt. Not enough where you could trust Kareem Hunt <laughs> right. in fantasy, just enough where it takes a lot of the shine away from Nick Chubb. I'm not really excited about Nick Chubb's prospects this week against the Ravens. Their run defense has been pretty solid all year long. And as you mentioned, it seems like they're really trying to kickstart this passing game, so that means less opportunity for Chubb. I have been encouraged that he's getting a few more targets. It's not a ton. Uh, it's just a few more. Maybe that's where it helps his outlook. But but overall, I just don't like his prospects this week. And it's really frustrating because, as I've said, I think he's arguably the best pure running back in the NFL right now. And it just seems like the opportunities have not been there. I will also say that you might want to beware of Mark Andrews this week because Andrews, as I've mentioned before, he's kind of just been a guy recently. He's been struggling ever since the injury. The target share is down. The yards are way down. Hasn't scored a touchdown in about six weeks. It's been really, really frustrating. And we look at that Ravens quarterback situation now. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't seem like he's going to play. We'll, we'll see what is up with Tyler Huntley, who suffered a concussion last week. It could be Anthony Brown. Uh, right now, the Ravens are just trying to grind this out a little bit. I think they try to run the football. And it's hard to get away from Mark Andrews because few guys have that kind of ceiling. But right now, the floor is not particularly great for him. So I would be very worried. Dolphins at the Bills, so I know where Florio's going to be on Saturday night at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. He'll be checking that game out on NFL Network. Are you worried about Tua? Because he's in a bit of a slump. Looked bad against the 49ers. Looked bad against the Chargers. Now goes to Buffalo where it's going to be cold and possibly snowing this week. Are you worried about starting him against Buffalo? I am. I am. I, I'm not. So it, it goes two ways. One, I'm not super afraid of like the Bills secondary completely shutting him down. The other thing I think that's kind of in his favor is... The last two weeks, teams have been playing a lot more man coverage and like being like, all right, beat us. You've been killing us in zone. Beat us now in man. And, and they've been struggling. The Bills secondary, though, is one of the most zone run heavy in the league. So it's, I'm curious to see how they match up there. The one thing that uh, – shout out to researcher Joel Smith. In two career games that are under 45 degrees for Tua Tungavailoa, one touchdown – Four interceptions, and right now it's projected to be below 30 degrees. And Joel, even he did his digging, man. He looked in college and high school, and he was like, I found two games. Well, I mean, wait, he's from Hawaii, right? So, like, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine he played in some cold weather games Probably not. in Hawaii while he was there. And then he went to school at Alabama, so I, I don't think he played in too many games that were cold. So it's going to be very interesting. Anything, I, I would say this. I'm worried about him as well. I just think I, between the slump, the defenses, and the fact that the schedule makers have done the bill or the Dolphins no favors yes. with two games in California, then a short week to go to Buffalo and play, that's just a lot to ask. So I would be very concerned about Tua as well. Anything else uh, of note for this one? Yeah, I'm very concerned about Gabe Davis, uh, who has not looked like the boomer bust. Not even the boomer. Like, it's just been pure bust as of late. Um He's averaging 9.6 fantasy points per game since the Bills' Week 7 bye week. Only twice topped double figures. Um, there's some murmurs going around that maybe his ankle injury is worse than has been let on. But that that besides the point, he just hasn't been very productive. And then the Dolphins right now, they're in the bottom 10 in, in passer rating on passes of at least 10-plus air yards. And 88% of his yards this season have come on passes of more than 10 air yards. So with it potentially being bad weather as well, I see a lot of reasons to get away from Gabe Davis and not many really to get him in. Here's my bold prediction. 
I think Gabe Davis has a good game this week. I, I, I feel like I feel like seeing uh, Mike Williams get downfield against the Dolphins last week at SoFi Stadium. Uh, it won't be a lot. It won't be a, lot, a ton of targets or a ton of catches. I just have this feeling that Gabe Davis is going to hit a big play this week. Um, it's always it, always in the cards. It's like, always in the cards, right? If, if he hits on it, he could win you his week. Your and, week. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm just going to forget that I ever said this. <laughs> Uh, let's get to some of the games that are on Sunday, though. The Falcons and the Saints. We talked about Desmond Ritter getting the start for Atlanta in this one. I think this is a week you can have some confidence in Alvin Kamara. And we haven't been able to say that a lot, especially in recent weeks. But I, I go back to the Falcons still struggling as a run defense. And I don't know how excited I am about any of the other pass catchers really in this offense. Atlanta's secondary hasn't been bad, so while I would start Chris Olave, I'm a little bit worried about him. I do think this is an opportunity for New Orleans to sort of load up Alvin Kamara with touches, whether it's on the ground, whether it is some short dump-off passes to get him involved in that passing game a little bit, but I think this is a week that we can finally believe that Alvin Kamara is going to give you a good number after really just being one of the huge letdowns in fantasy this season. Steelers and the Panthers, and I believe I heard that right now it's the Carolina Panthers that control their own destiny, that somehow if they win out, they can actually win the NFC South, which, which is crazy, mind-bottling to me. Uh, anything else, though, that we should note in this game? I, I think we're doing Tom Brady a little dirty there because I think if the Bucks went out, they also couldn't – like, they play each other, so it's whoever wins that game is going to win the division. But <laughs> – I wrote Deontay Johnson as a sleeper, and, and I agree with it. The thing I have to amend, though, is I originally said if Kenny Pickett sits, now there's chatter that maybe Mason Rudolph could even throw his hat in the ring. Yeah. So I'm going to say Deontay Johnson is a sleeper if Mitch Trubisky starts for the Pittsburgh Steelers because in the four games this year where Trubisky has played the majority of the snaps for the Steelers, Deontay Johnson's low game is 12.5 fantasy points. In every game that Kenny Pickett has played the majority of the snaps, his high game is 11 fantasy points. So his best game with Pickett is worse than his worst game with Mitch Trubisky. So that that's all I have. Like he just he plays better with Trubisky. Obviously, him and Pickett aren't on the same page. So if we get the word, you know, Friday or whatever that it is Trubisky starting this week, and you've been going back and forth at receiver, I think you could consider Deontay Johnson. Does Deontay get in the end zone finally this week? Never. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a really bad situation, right? Like Deontay Johnson can't score touchdowns. We might have to watch Mason Rudolph play. Could you imagine we have a Mason Rudolph versus Sam Darnold game? That's not exciting at, at all. all. At all. That's one of those <laughs> games that, like, if you're watching Red Zone, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, it won't, it won't ever pop up on Red Zone. They'll show only the touchdowns, mm -hmm. and that's it. Scott Hanson will be apologizing to fans of the two teams for not showing it at some point. Eagles and Bears. This one actually does have a lot of fantasy intrigue in it because you got Jalen Hurts versus Justin Fields. That is super exciting. And I also say that Miles Sanders is a must-start in this ballgame. Sanders has done very well this season against some of the worst run defenses. In fact, when you talk about rush defenses that are ranked 16th or lower, Sanders is averaging about 111 rushing yards per game. Had that huge game against the Giants where he went for a buck 44. Now he gets the Bears defense who have been pretty bad against the run all season long. So, look, the, the Eagles will attack you where you are the weakest. So, knowing that the Bears struggle against run offenses, I think you see a lot of Miles Sanders, and I think you see Jalen Hurts run the ball effectively. So, Sanders absolutely should be in your lineup. We got more game previews to come, including a pair of 
top-notch running backs going against each other in Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. We'll dive into that and some more after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet. 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. Chiefs and the Texans, and, you know, not all that long ago, these two teams played in a playoff game against one another where the Texans had a lead, and then the Chiefs went on, like, a Golden State Warriors third-quarter death lineup (laughs) sort of run, and that pretty much put an end to the Bill O'Brien era and sent the Texans into a spiral. Jarek McKinnon, big game last week, couple of receiving touchdowns, over 100 yards through the air. What sort of encore do you expect from him this week? Nowhere close to what he did last <laughs> week. Like that that is the nature of his style of play. Like there'll be some big blow up weeks and then there'll be weeks where he gives you like six points. And I think this will be a Pacheco game. Not only uh do do the Texans obviously you can run all over them, but I just have a sneaky feeling here, Marcus, you could call it, that the Chiefs will be playing with a lead in this game. Hmm. And uh if that's the case I think it'll be Pacheco grinding out the clock. I Yeah, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to let you down this week. If you are going back to him, you are very much chasing the points because so much of this just seemed like happenstance, especially against that Broncos defense. So I, I would not expect that. If if you can get if away it, from McKinnon. If it gets really out of hand, maybe we see USC great Ronald Rojo. Jones. The Texas Tesla, uh, <laughs> back home, that was that was his nickname uh, in college. The Texas Tesla, you know, he's I've from. I've never Texas. heard that before. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's a Tesla in the sense that he is very silent right now. <laughs> my my recommendation here is just to avoid all Texans. There, there's there's no one you can start. Damian Pierce now is going to be out for a few weeks. He may be functionally gone to us in fantasy for the rest of the season. You know, Benjamin was released by the team. Uh, who knows what the status is of Brandon Cooks and or Nico Collins. I know Chris Moore had a nice game last week, but that's not something you can count on. You certainly aren't starting either of the quarterbacks, whether it's Davis Mills or Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> There's just no cause to even consider a Texans player when the stakes mean so much and you're in your fantasy playoffs. So just, you know, thank them for their service. Leave them on the bench or probably even on the waiver wire, which is probably a better option for I, any of your Texans. I found out this week that there's some leagues out there where Jeff Driscoll is tight end eligible. And I'm like, we Wait, got really? Taysom Hill 2.0. I say it's, it's, it's Taysom Hill-ish. That's, <laughs> yeah, we don't need that in our lives. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. Let's talk about this Cowboys-Jaguars matchup. Florio, who do you think is going to ball out in this one? I, I think you could start Trevor Lawrence. And my when I first, like, because I do the stardom cinema, I start putting the list of names together the Sunday prior. And I was like, ooh, Trevor Lawrence gets the Cowboys. His string of good matchups comes to an end. This is a really tough one. I'm probably going to say to sit him. And then I was looking at it, and I was like, he's playing so well right now. 
and quarterback is what quarterback is at this point, that I don't think you can get away from him. Maybe if you have another strong option on your team, sure. But, like, hey, maybe if you have him or Geno, I'd rather take my shot with Trevor Lawrence than Geno Smith. Uh, so give it, And a lot of quarterbacks have tough matchups this week, a lot of guys that you would normally start. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence is very much so still in play. I think he is very much in play this week. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm sort of believing in the Jaguars' offense. I was scolded for that by Adam Rank on our show earlier this week because he has been a longtime supporter of Duval. I, I mean, they're, they're fun. They're, they're fun. They weren't fun for the last few years, you know, but now they are. And, like, you know, in those moments where you think of the right thing to say afterwards, like, there are a lot of teams. Like, I don't see, you know, Rank hyping up the Browns, right? Like, they haven't been fun for a long time. Nobody talks about them. But he's taking a shot at me because I got to his Duval guys. Whatever. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Lions and the Jets. The Lions, they're fun. They're fun again. They're very much in the playoff race, but they've got a tough matchup this week. And I would tell you to beware of any Lions running backs you have on your roster. That's DeAndre Swift. That's Jamal Williams. Just because now it just seems that the usage rates are so inconsistent. That's the first reason. Just when we thought you could trust Swift, he had a a step back in terms of his snap rate last week. They weren't using Jamal Williams down near the end zone. You had Justin Jackson scoring a touchdown. So it's great for the Lions in real football because they have so many places to go and maybe have too many mouths to feed. It's really frustrating for us throwing the fact that the Jets defense has been so very good that it's really hard for me to get excited. I, you know, I know Jamal Williams has carried people. I know you're excited about DeAndre Swift. This is a very scary week to have either of those guys in your lineup. Cardinals and the Broncos started the show talking about Kyler Murray being gone for the rest of the year. James Conner, you mentioned, maybe getting some more work because of that. Will he finish as a top 10 fantasy running back this week? I I don't think he's like a slam dunk to do so because of the matchup against the Broncos. But I'm going to say I think think he finishes top 10, and I think it'll be heavily pass game influence. Mm. Like, I think he'll get a lot of targets similar to how... The Chiefs were targeting Jerick McKinnon so much just because, like you said, the Broncos' secondary is so great at taking away pass catchers that I think he gets a lot of dump-offs. I could see that happening. Uh, I just think volume sort of wins the day for him because he's the guy getting all the work there, and they're not going to trust Colt McCoy to stand there and sling the ball downfield. The good news is the Broncos' offense isn't likely to put up a ton of points and run away from you in this one, so I think that keeps uh, James Conner very much in play. Anything else of note for this one? I would say beware of Marquise Brown. Maybe you're in a position where you can't get away from him, but if you have other options, I would take him. Like, I have Marquise Brown in two leagues, and in both of them, like, one, I'm playing Michael Pittman Jr. over him. I forget who I'm playing over in the other, but I'm sitting him in both of my leagues because last week was his worst game of the season with Colt McCoy, and, like, earlier in the year, we could hang our hat with D-Hop. Like, hey, he had plenty good fantasy games. He was getting a ton of volume with Colt McCoy. We've never seen Marquise Brown and, and... McCoy and I think D Hop like it's easy to get D Hop the ball because he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's such a big target. He has such a big catch radius. You just got to put the ball in his area. Like Marquise Brown wins downfield. I don't think Colt McCoy can get the most out of him. And then Broncos, they allow the fewest points to receivers. Also, if you just want to add, you know, sort of made up fake narratives, you know, Colt McCoy went to Texas. Marquise Brown went to Oklahoma. Those two schools don't like each other. So, you know, maybe science. Science, just, it's just straight up science. Patriots at the Raiders. 
Uh, once upon a time, these two teams played in a big playoff game, and Tom Brady did a thing. I don't know if you heard about it. And it really sent these two franchises in opposite directions. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that you can start Jacoby Myers pending his status. He missed last week because he was in concussion protocol, so we'll keep an eye on what his availability is going to be this week. But if he can go, I think he's worth a flex start in your lineup. We know the Patriots' offense has not been great. It has not been super exciting to watch this season. But when they are throwing the ball, he's the guy getting most of the work. Raiders secondary has had its issues, so I think Myers is worth a start. Titans at the Chargers. We played right over there at SoFi Stadium uh, on Sunday. And two of the top running backs in the league, Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. Which one has more fantasy points this week? I hate myself for, for not going with my guy, but I went with <laughs> Derrick Henry. Just I'm trying to play the matchup here. The, the Titans' D-line has been very good. Their secondary has been very bad. Uh, so they've been limiting running backs this season, whereas the Chargers, even Austin Eckler has admitted on this show, like, hey, yeah, you could run on us. So uh, I think to try to keep Herbert and Co. on, on the sidelines, we're going to see a ton of Derrick Henry, but I don't think there's a wrong answer here. If you're going to go against your guy, though, why not go against him with Derrick Henry? I mean, that's not, that's, a, that's that's very not a bad option. I'm actually going to say Austin Eckler, and I the reason for me is it's the thing we talk about so much, the value of a target versus the value of a carry. And we know Eckler's going to get plenty of carries, but he's also going to be more targeted than Derrick Henry is. So even if the yards don't match up, and I think you're going to see Henry with more rushing yards than Eckler. I think the targets sort of win the day. His ability as a pass catcher sort of wins the day, and he's the one that, that has more fantasy points. But I'm excited to see this matchup because I just think it's going to be fun to watch these two running backs work on Sunday. Um, anybody else that deserves a start from this contest? Big Mike Williams, get get him into your starting lineups everywhere this week, and, and don't think twice about it. He returned last week. Got all six of his targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. He won downfield. He won contested catches. He won in the red zone. That's what Mike Williams does. So it's great to see him out there looking like himself after that ankle injury. And then you speak of big plays. No team has allowed more production on deep passes this year than the Tennessee Titans. They've also allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So... I think Mike Williams, who was a top five receiver last week, I think he has top five, maybe even higher upside in this match. I do like his upside this week. And Justin Herbert's starting to get hot again. It's nice for him to have all of his weapons back and healthy. It's really important. Bengals at the Buccaneers. Uh, Cincinnati trying to keep things rolling. The Bucs trying to you know, right the ship a little bit. Joe Mixon, 12 and a half, 12.6 fantasy points in week 14. Does he bounce back with a bigger number this week? I'm going to say yes. My my hope, at least as someone who has Joe Mixon on some rosters, is like it was his first game back. P. Ryan has been playing well, that they were kind of easing him back in. But I will admit, I was worried seeing P. Ryan get as much work as he did. I was worried, too. I don't know. I think I think the number is going to be about the same for him this week against Tampa. Uh, you know, just because you do wonder whether or not the Bengals are going to start working P. Ryan in a little bit more. Uh, they'd had a very clear uh, kind of sort of separation of powers if you will um but i do wonder if they start to bleed into each other a little bit more and i think the bucks are going to try to shore up that run defense after what happened to them last week uh, against the san francisco 49ers giants and commanders on sunday night football these teams played to a tie a couple of weeks ago what are you looking forward to or maybe not looking forward to for this one yeah i'm very worried about saquon barkley he played just 32 percent of the snaps maybe that was because the giants were getting blown out by the eagles and they know they had this huge game this week but he's dealing with a neck injury the commanders are allowing the third fewest fantasy points to running backs saquon had a good game against him a couple weeks ago but man i'm really worried although he's saquon like 
Would you sit? Would you sit him for Bam Knight? Because that's something that I'm debating in a league. I don't have the stones to do I it. Don't I, and I, I don't think it's a crazy argument. I just don't have the guts to actually make that. It. That's <laughs> the exact same position I'm in. Yeah, so I, I you know it's scary, but I, I would play Saquon. Rams at Packers on Monday Night Football. The Rams coming off that surprise come from behind win with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And I could live to regret these words, but I think Cam Akers is a sleeper this week <laughs> because, look, as much as the Rams seem to try to get away from Cam Akers, as much as fantasy managers have tried to get away from Cam Akers, he just keeps coming back. Uh, Sean McVay, I think, has understood that, that he is the best running back they have on this roster, and the Packers' run defense has been awful. So I think that sort of works in his favor. And if Baker can look sort of like he did last week, at least in those last couple of drives last week, then that's something else for the Packers to have to pay attention to and maybe open some things up. So uh, I'm sort of counting on that to win the day. I'm telling you that he's still a low-end RB2 at best. But there is some life for Cam Akers uh, after what we've seen early in the season. Of course, the fantasy playoffs are here in most leagues now. we got three big questions that can help you navigate the fantasy postseason as best as you can. The first one, who is one fantasy player you're worried will let you down in the fantasy postseason? Kenneth Walker. And, and he kicks off tomorrow night, uh, his fantasy playoffs, and he gets the hardest matchup for a running back in the 49ers. Then he gets the Chiefs the week after, who aren't particularly tough on running backs, but... That's just a game where you worried about maybe it being more of a passing attack for Seattle, him getting game scripted out. And then the Jets, who have been very, very tough all around in Week 17. So not a very favorable schedule. He's dealing with an ankle injury, a rookie late in the season, just a lot that I'm worried about right now. I'm, I'm worried about him. I'm also worried about Josh Jacobs, who has been phenomenal for most of the year, but the schedule down the stretch makes me incredibly worried. He's got the Patriots this week at the Steelers just on Christmas Eve, and then on New Year's Day, home against the 49ers, as we talk about, about as bad a matchup as you can get. And just the Raiders' offense sometimes doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. I mean, we saw last week Devontae Adams having a good game. They don't go to him in the second half. You just wonder kind of what the the logic and the play calling theory is there. And so that makes me worried about Josh Jacobs. Hard to get away from him, but hard to get excited about what the schedule is. Who is an under-the-radar pick for fantasy playoff MVP? This guy wasn't even a starter a month ago, so I, he qualifies as under the radar. Mike White. Or, Miguel or, Blanco. There we go. Who gets the Lions this week, who have allowed the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Then he gets the Jaguars, who since week six, every quarterback who's played them, except for Russell Wilson, has been a top 12, including Ryan Tannehill last week, even though some of you were tweeting mean things to me. Uh, and then... He finishes with the Seahawks, who's not the best matchup in the world, but they're also not a super scary one. Uh, and they've been kind of struggling as of late. So, Mike White, if you've been streaming quarterbacks, pick this guy up and you might just be able to roll out the rest of the playoffs. Amazing to think that this guy, who was the third stringer at the start of the year, could end up being a fantasy playoff winner for people. TJ Hawkinson is that guy for me. And he was fine when he was with the Lions. He's sort of taken a step up since he's gotten to Minnesota. Some of it is because of his play. Some of it is because the guys around him uh, on the standing on the leaderboard have had injuries or have just faltered to this point in the season. But, man, he's got the Colts, the Giants, and the Packers. All three of those are really tasty matchups, and he has the trust of Kirk Cousins, is getting a lot of opportunity, and I think he could really ball out to end this year. Speaking of balling out, who is a star player that you think is going to ball out in the postseason? I'm going to give you more than one. Okay. I think it's Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin. The entire Chargers offense, I think, is going to go off. And I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. 
that I think Justin Herbert is going to make up for his early season woes if you were able to survive them. And it's coming to fruition. In the last month, he's averaging over 21 fantasy points per game. And now his schedule, he gets the Titans this week, who could allow a bunch of big plays. The Colts... And then a super banged up Rams defense that's been giving up a bunch of production as of late. None of those matchups scare me. He's healthy. The playmakers around him are finally healthy. Like last week was really, I think you can make the case, the first time since like week one where everyone has been held. Actually, Keenan Allen got hurt coming into week one. So you can make the argument it's the first time all year that every playmaker on the Chargers have been healthy. Certainly the Chargers could use it as they make a push to try and get into the playoffs. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, who starts his playoff run with a bad Charger run defense. Then he gets the Texans, who, while improved, still a soft target. And the Cowboys, who have given up some some yards and touchdowns on the ground. And it just seems sort of unfair for people who have Derrick Henry (laughs) on their rosters. You have arguably the best running back in fantasy football and in real football. And he's got the best fantasy playoff schedule, too. So I'm not going to just say crown you. You're not just going to walk to a fantasy title. But, man... This is going to give you an advantage over everybody else in your league as you go through the fantasy postseason. He, he averages like 40 fantasy points per game against the Texans. If you play him in week 16, you're probably through. Yeah. You're probably through <laughs> the next round. So just just make it through this week, and uh, you can probably cruise on ahead to championship week. You're welcome. Let's get to some of our top sleepers for week 15. So, Florio, who you got? Zay Jones, who soon enough won't be a sleeper anymore. He's averaging double-digit targets per game in his last month. He's come through three of the four last weeks. The one game he didn't, he had a case of the drops. But this is a game where I think the Jacks will have to throw to keep up with the Cowboys. And if Trayvon Diggs is on Christian Kirk, that could mean even more volume for Zay Jones. Very much like Zay Jones this week. I also like Paris Campbell in Indianapolis, and our feelings about him have shifted all throughout the season He's on the field a ton. He's running a ton of routes. Would like his target share to be higher, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Mostly like him because of the matchup, just because the Vikings giving up so many points to fantasy-wide receivers. And you can't just throw it all the time to Michael Pittman, so Paris Campbell is in play this week. Uh, Another sleeper that you like. Jahan Dotson, who I I think it's overlooked what he did in week 13 because they had the bye last week, but he had nine targets, five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. That is good for over 16 fantasy points, and he did it against the Giants. And this week he gets to play the Giants again because it's basically a home-and-home for the the Washington Commanders. It is. It's like one of those NBA home-and-home situations. I like Dotson's teammate Brian Robinson this week. And Robinson had 96 rushing yards when these teams played a couple of weeks ago. And the Giants just being gashed on the ground by opposing running backs, as I mentioned earlier, gave up a buck 44 to Miles Sanders last week. So I think you're going to see a lot of Brian Robinson in a key spot for the Commanders. Uh, You had another one for me. Yeah, and this one you're going to see me and and you talk about it because there's (laughs) no B-roll about this player whatsoever. It's the most Week 15 sleeper you could get. Dare Ogunbowale, who uh, now with no Damian Pierce there, they cut Eno Benjamin for some reason. So it's him and Rex Burkhead Manning, this backfield. And last week... Ogunbowale played 17 snaps compared to Rex Burkhead's five. He was mixing the pass game a little bit, got a carry on the ground. So this is like for deep leagues only, but volume, I guess. Would you consider hashtag Rex in the flex? No, I I mean, both of them are just deep league (laughs) players only. We will finish this up with Greg Dulcich, who has really been quietly one of the better fantasy tight ends, or at least he's had more opportunities than a lot of fantasy tight ends since coming off injured reserve to start the season. He, since he came back in week six, leads the Broncos in target share and shockingly in air yard share, too. They're giving him a lot of opportunities. 
and he's facing the Cardinals. You really couldn't ask for a much better matchup than that for a fantasy tight end. So even if it's Brett Rippon playing this week for Russell Wilson, I do like Greg Dulcich to get a lot of opportunities. For more sleepers, you can check out my weekly column, NFL.com slash sleepers. Always kicks off on Thursday morning, so be on the lookout for it there. And before we go, I know you guys did this on Fantasy Live on Tuesday, but I want to give my congratulations to Kimmy Checks and her husband, Jason, for the birth of their daughter, Wilhelmina. Kimmy, we are so happy for you. And Jason, we wish nothing but the best. Enjoy those 2 a.m. feeding and those middle-of-the-night diaper changes. But we love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you back here. And more importantly, we can't meet, wait to meet your special little girl. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if a stranger talks to you when you're alone, respond with, you can see me? Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy Week 15. Good luck in the playoffs. And we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.